The dynamics of the 2024 election are changing as we now get into really the start of these campaigns past Labor Day, getting closer to the first primary votes. More and more voters voters are going to be paying attention. And there are a number of storylines, fascinating storylines that are being turned on their heads. And we're going to talk about them. Storyline one is the Vivek Ramaswamy surge. Story number two is the Nikki Haley surge. And story number three is the alleged desire for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to replace Joe Biden uh, on the Democratic ticket for 2024. Let's start with Vivek Ramaswamy. The story went Vivek Ramaswamy entered this campaign as an unknown at 1%, and seemingly through grit and will and sheer force of intellectual willpower. He has surged to seven and now will continue onward and upward, maybe even towards the nomination. Then we see the polling and then it paints a very different picture. Looking at the polling, it is indeed true that Vivek Ramaswamy started at one and did get all the way up to actually almost eight, seven point six a couple of weeks ago. But then it's been a decline getting caught lying and equivocating and taking five different positions on the same issue, arguing with reporters that he really didn't say the thing that they have him on camera saying. And it seems as though the Vivek campaign is cooling in parallel to this is Nikki Haley's solid performance at the first Republican debate on August 23rd. And the fact that she now has actually started to see a polling rise that has her almost even with Vivek Ramaswamy. And it is totally plausible that a month from now it will be Nikki Haley in third place in this Republican primary, not Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, that all being said, we also can't ignore the faltering Ron DeSantis, who has lost more than half of his support from the low 30s at the start of the year, now down to just barely under 14. So in a month, six weeks, maybe eight, you could see Trump in first place and Nikki Haley in second place if her trajectory continues and if Ron DeSantis's continues to decline. The reason this is interesting is that Nikki Haley was not seriously considered the strong challenger to Trump in this primary. In fact, her campaign truly seemed dead on arrival. The reason Nikki Haley is so interesting is that this isn't my opinion in terms of who I would vote for. Of course, I would vote for Joe Biden over Nikki Haley. But if I look nationally, Nikki Haley doesn't seem like a super weak challenger to Joe Biden. Now, Biden might defeat both Trump or Nikki Haley or DeSantis or whoever that that may all be the case. But there is some way in which Haley seems potentially better suited to go up against Joe Biden, certainly than someone like Ron DeSantis. So that's one storyline that we're going to continue following. The other storyline storyline is about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. There was a moment, I don't know, somewhere around late April, early May, where there were claims that it's obvious the Democrats want Bobby Kennedy Jr. He's polling 18, 19, 20 in an imaginary Republican primary poll, a poll that is unlikely really to reflect what is going to happen in the DNC because they're not holding an actual primary. 
And this is clearly reflective of antipathy towards Biden. Now, it is true that there have been polls, some heavily skewed towards Republicans that say Biden shouldn't run and Biden's too old and all these different things. But what we do know from looking at an average of polls is that Bobby Kennedy Jr. has lost close to 40 percent of the support he once had. We were suspicious that a bunch of that support was not actually from Democratic primary voters, whether that is or is not the case. Bobby Kennedy Jr. was polling 20 for a while there in late April and early May. He is now down to 12. He is now down to 12. This is another story. Bobby Kennedy quietly losing nearly 40 percent of the support he had. But the story being told in the media continues to be the same story. Everybody wants him. They see him as an alternative to Biden. They see him as the guy who can really beat Trump and all these other things. He's lost nearly 40 percent support, but they keep telling the same story. Here he is on Newsmax saying everybody's scared of him. Take a listen. I think there's people in the Democratic Party who would rather see Donald Trump as president than have me because they, they know he's only going to be there for four years. They can fill their coffers during that time and then they'll have eight years unobstructed. And maybe that's the plan. I don't know. But I know. There you go. So they're just scared. People are scared. There are even Democrats who say if Trump is there, it's only four years. Whereas if Bobby Kennedy Jr. gets in there, he might be president for eight years. And we don't really want that. I have not spoken to a single Democrat that is even thinking in these terms. That's an imaginary story made up by Bobby Kennedy Jr. But the most important aspect of this, almost 40 percent of his support has evaporated in the last couple of months. It's not really being discussed. The narratives about him are still the same. His campaign increasingly dead in the water. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders is bravely banning vaccine mandates for federal employees, for public employees, not not federal, for state employees. How brave of her to do this, except there are no vaccine mandates for public employees. This is another great example of those who attack the left for virtue signaling are actually the ones doing the virtue signaling. Those attacked attacking the left for government overreach, government getting involved in things it need not be involved in are actually getting involved in things government doesn't need to be involved in. There are no public employee vaccine mandates in Arkansas, just like critical race theory isn't being taught in schools. Yet she went out of her way, wasting government time to ban that. And then here she is. Take a look at what she had to say. We also have to be sure that government never again tramples on our liberty like it did during the covid-19 pandemic. Back then, a handful of bureaucrats shut down our schools, our churches, our businesses, and forced masks on our kids and tried to implement vaccine passports. That will not happen again here in the state of Arkansas. When I took office, I repealed a long list of executive orders related to the pandemic. Now we're going further and banning COVID-19 vaccine mandates for all Arkansas state employees. And our State Department of Health will publicize the potential risks related to the COVID-19 vaccine so that all Arkansans can make informed decisions about their health. So there are really two stories here. Story number one is these Republicans can't stop killing their own voters. We've looked at the data. New York Times, great piece reviewing a bunch of peer reviewed studies about this lower vaccine acceptance, COVID vaccine 
lower covid vaccine acceptance in Trump counties led to a higher rate of death, presumably more Trump voters than Biden voters dying as a result of the lower rate of vaccination. This is not only extremely disheartening and arguably immoral from a medical standpoint, it is also really stupid politics. Why would you do something and encourage a behavior that is going to disproportionately kill more of your voters than those on the other side? Now, you could take this for what they want you to believe it is, which is this is not about being against vaccines. It's just about vaccine mandates. We want to be against vaccine mandates, give everybody the choice to do whatever they want. Well, it's part of the continued fracturing and balkanization of the states where you were seeing these types of laws passed aside from we're against the vaccine versus we're against the mandate mandate. OK, we, we've talked about that, but we have a situation with the rise of right wing extremism steeped in white nationalism, conspiracy theories and anti establishment sentiments that leads to government wastes of time like we are banning vaccine mandates. It poses a threat to many of the foundational ideals of this country, inclusion, democracy, which is, of course, under threat and almost failed in 2020. And this sort of bill, again, it's it's not necessary. That's the point. There are no public employee vaccine mandates. It just exacerbates division. It undermines nationwide progress in so many different areas. It impedes health care expansion. It gets in the way of climate change efforts, social justice initiatives, which many of the right wingers don't want to see. And so what you end up with with this sort of balkanization of U.S. states is fragmentation along political lines, lack of national unity, focusing on a narrow exclusionary agenda the way if there's any better example of the focus on a narrow exclusionary agenda than Sarah Huckabee Sanders in Arkansas. I, I can't think of one. And it simply prevents us from being able to find any sort of common ground. Now, the right will hear me saying this and they'll say, David, you're just wrong. The vaccine mandates are wrong. The point is they don't exist. They don't have them. So what does this actually achieve other than to sow division and disunity and prevent us from doing the things we know we have to do, which is make progress in so many of those areas. And yeah, obviously, as a progressive, I don't like it because it gets in the way of the things I would like to see done. Let's get health care to everybody. Let's fix education. Let's do something about climate, et cetera, et cetera. But these are the virtue signaling, grasping at straws, last gasps, hopefully, of a Republican Party that has failed on policy. So this is all that they have left. You know, one of the odd things that goes on in bathrooms in the United States, uh oh, where is this going? Is, you know, when I moved to the US from Argentina, there's really no bidets in the United States. The bidet is just a part of life in Argentina. And why would you make a compromise in the bathroom? Why not have the elevated level of comfort and cleanliness, which is now easy and affordable with our sponsor, Hello Tushy? The Hello Tushy bidet cleans everything with a fresh stream of water, two times better than alternatives like paper. You just spray and pat. It cuts down toilet paper use by 80%. It saves you money. 
It reduces paper waste. So a Hello Tushy bidet really pays for itself in under a year, attaches to your existing toilet. You don't need an electrician. You don't need a plumber. You install it takes eight minutes or less. Super easy. I got one and it is fantastic. And with over one hundred thousand five star reviews, every bidet comes with a 30 day risk free guarantee, 12 month warranty. There's a special Labor Day deal for my audience. Get 40 percent off all bidets and bundles by visiting hellotushy.com slash Pacman and using promo code Pacman. Sale ends September 11th. That's today. So act fast. That's hellotushy.com slash Pacman for 40 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you Nerd Wallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I run a business and I know how important it is to keep passwords safe. Our website has been hacked in the past. I've talked about it. There's videos on YouTube about it. Your business may have dozens or hundreds of passwords, multiple team members who have to use them. Some companies will use a spreadsheet or post it notes to keep track of it. It could be copied, photographed. It's not secure. There's no audit trail. It can really be a mess if it's not properly managed and it can quickly become a major liability. The solution is Sono, the password manager for businesses. Sono generates unique, secure passwords for each account. They are encrypted before they leave the computer. Only someone who knows the master password can access the vault. You can share passwords and folders with other users who are also cryptographically protected. Total privacy. No data is shared with others. Data provided is used only to fulfill the service. Sono is free for individuals affordable paid plans for businesses. It lets you host it on your own server behind a firewall. It is open source. Anyone can audit the source code. No hard coded passwords to get started. Go to Sono.com. That's P S O N O.com. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman Show is, of course, an audience funded program to get the full experience, meaning the daily hour show without the commercials, as well as the bonus show, an extra show we do every single day. Sign up at joinpacman.com. Even though prices have been flat for a decade, with the launch of the new website in a month or two, prices of membership will be going up for the first time in a decade. Talk about inflation proof. Uh, but in all seriousness, great opportunity to get in at the current prices. And you can even get a further discount off of current prices by using the coupon code four years for indictments. And speaking of that, we were on the ground in South Dakota over the weekend for the failed former president, twice impeached, four times indicted and arrested, civilly liable rapist Donald Trump. That's the guy. 
But before we get to our interviews with Trumpists, we have to look at this totally farcical attempt at a speech by the failed former president. Donald Trump apparently thought, hey, I don't know, between arrests and criminal trials, I'll head out to South Dakota and do a speech. Christy Nome will endorse me and she's going to you know, be a brown nosing sycophant the way she's been and the entire entire thing. This could not have gone more poorly for Trump rambling incoherently. Take a look at this. Can does anyone know what this is about? Remember Hillary with the uh, thing with the women screaming that with that one one woman with the glasses she's become famous. No, no. That was the most beautiful stage I've ever seen. By the end of the evening, it didn't look pretty. It didn't look pretty. They rigged the presidential election. Any idea what on earth Trump is talking about? And you'll notice that during the Newsmax broadcast, if you're watching a phone number, they were <laughs> what strange times we're living in alongside the Trump speech was a Rudy Giuliani legal defense fund promotion on the side of the screen. Truly incredible stuff. Next, Donald Trump arguing that because Joe Biden is getting him indicted when he is president again, he will just call and demand the indictment of people. This is the dangerous dictatorial stuff I was telling you about last week. Ninety one fake and phony charges. Ninety one. How many charges are there? But we're going to ask for dismissals of a lot of it. Most of it is just you ask for dismissal It's called dismiss the charges. But remember, it's a it's a Democrat charging his opponent. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. That means that if I win and somebody wants to run against me, I call my attorney general. I say, listen, indict him. <laughs> oh, he hasn't done anything wrong that we know. I don't know. Indict him on income tax evasion. You'll figure it out. There you go. There you go. I did everything right and they indicted me. Trump openly saying, I'll just have my political opponents indicted. Of course, there is no evidence that Joe Biden has been involved in any of the four criminal indictments of Trump. If anybody has such evidence, please forward it to me. Trump then reviews or refreshes, rehabilitates the tired lie that he's being indicted for speech for things he said. And, you know, I used to treat him with a modicum of respect because I have respect for the office of the presidency and I would never talk the way I talk now. But when they indicted me for nothing, for nothing, for free speech, I said the election was rigged and stolen, which it was. And everybody knows that. Everybody knows it. Whether or not you know that, whether or not you believe it, it does not matter. I'm not going to belabor it because you all know I've talked about it so many times. Donald Trump has not been indicted federally nor in Georgia because he believed the election was stolen, whether it was or wasn't, whether he knew he was lying or not. It does not matter. Trump was not indicted for that reason. He was indicted for the criminal conspiracy to send fake electors forward to defraud those who voted to strong arm elected officials, all of those different things. Trump then goes on to talk about how there are so commonly people who just leave politics when they get in legal trouble. But Trump isn't going to be bullied around in that way. 
my case is unusual, but maybe at some point that switches. You know, you go with these people and they're sick. They say this, that and that you have to prove. By the way, during this part of the speech, the crowd was completely dead. But it's incredible. But if you take a look at what they do to the publicity of a person, and I know numerous people over the years that I've really thought were honest in many cases, and they were literally out of politics in, in a matter of hours. Some of them literally <laughs> quit immediately upon getting served with a subpoena. That won't happen with me. There you go. Crowd coming to life. Trump won't leave no matter what they've got him on. Trump then bringing up the topic of North Korean dictator Kim Jong Un and says that with Kim Jong Un, uh, I guess he thinks Kim Jong Un is going to build luxury condos on the beach. It, it's it's all so disjointed that not even the crowd understands. Dealt. I went over there. You remember that? It was a very historic moment. Went over there. And I said to Kim Jong Un, you know, being a real estate guy, it's just sort of natural. I said, you have the most beautiful shoreline. Think of it. You're between China, Russia and South Korea. Look at the beautiful shore. You could have the most beautiful condos that you've ever seen and become rich as hell. You don't have to live like you're living. But he's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. And uh, he just loves collecting nuclear weapons. That's what he does. He collects nuclear weapons. And and uh, we got along incredibly well once we met and once we started the whole thing and we saved the Olympics in South Korea because nobody was going. Nobody wanted to be blown out of the stadium. And we came along. They actually participated in the Olympics. We had a great we had a great relationship and it would have been great and we would have had a deal done long ago. If yep. It's just all so great with Kim Jong Un. Trump then going into the dramatic conspiracy QAnon music and weirdly focusing on the fact that many militaries are moving in the direction of electric tanks. This is so stupid. And now we are a nation that wants to make our great army tanks all electric so that despite the fact that they will not be able to go very far either, few pollutants will be released into the air as we blast our way through enemy territory. <laughs> And also, we are a nation who wants to make our jet fighters with a green energy stamp. <laughs> this is all just so stupid. So listen, uh, I don't even know why Trump is talking about this. Electric tanks are quieter with infrared technology. They're also more difficult to lo locate, like not that we need to be doing military strategy on this show. Um, certainly they're more efficient in general. Electric vehicles are more efficient per mile uh, than internal combustion engines, gas powered, diesel powered, et cetera. And by the way, lots of other countries that Trump is worried we are falling behind, including China, are already going forward with this technology. So it, I don't know. You know, you never really know how Trump becomes fixated on some of these things, but he does. But he does. Trump then lastly talking about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. He says, you know, it didn't help Republicans. But it was the right thing. And I'll, I'm going to tell you something because it's really a positive. It's a big positive, but they try and play it as a negative. Last year, those justices bravely and incredibly ruled on something that everybody has wanted for decades, for 51 mm. years. 
They ruled to end Roe v. Wade. That was a big threat. Crowd loves that, that's for sure. And it's probably cost us politically because the other side got energized. And, you know, they're the radicals, not the pro-lifers. But now pro-lifers have a tremendous power to negotiate. They have a power. You had no power to negotiate because with Roe v. Wade, you couldn't negotiate. They could do anything they wanted. We didn't have any of that before this ruling. This moves the issue back to the states where every legal scholar said it should be. And like President Ronald Reagan, good man, but like Ronald Reagan before me, I support the three exceptions for rape, incest, and life of the mother. I support. Not everybody does. I think a large portion do. Little smattering of applause there for him. All right. I think you should. But again, that's your own. That's your own feeling. Remember, the Democrats are the radicals on this issue because they're willing to kill babies in their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth month, and even after birth. Now, of course, we've discussed this extensively. There is no afterbirth abortion. It's by definition not an abortion, but it's also not happening. Uh, also, we've talked about nine month abortion, eight month abortion, something like 93 percent of abortions are before 14 weeks. And then the vast majority of that remaining seven are the in the immediate period after that. And these eight, nine month situations are extraordinarily rare. They're related to the health either of the fetus or the mother. This is an entire made up story. But Trump may be right that Republicans did not benefit from the repeal of Roe v. Wade in those midterms. So another disastrous rally is Trump's heart even in it, given that he's between arrest and trial and potentially facing life in prison. I don't know, but the cultists were out. And that's what I want to talk about next. A Trump cultist broke down in tears at Trump's latest unhinged rally in South Dakota. We also had just about every other combination of statement and lunacy that you could imagine. We're going to start with this woman just overcome with emotion, overcome with emotion when interviewed by Right Side Broadcasting because she would be able to see the great orange leader. Thoughts about the fact that you've never seen, uh, let's be real, the, the leader of the free world. I'm very excited and hopeful. It gives me hope and security and just stability. I like what you said. I mean, it's a very authentic answer. You might know that the word stability is not a word I'm familiar with, but I don't want to impose the dictionary on other people. People always get mad, but stability is not a word I know because it's your, it's authentic in the sense of safety and hope. I mean, isn't that something that everybody needs right now? We all need it. We do. So why do you, why, why are you being, being emotional right now? I have a lot of grandkids and a lot going on in schools and in the community and the state. What would you like to say to just people out there in general that are, are dealing with things that are, are, are concerning like yourself? What, what would be your message if you could step this way a little bit? Uh, to pray and be strong and support and be involved. Be involved. And if, you're a praying woman too, yeah? Yes. Why don't you go out and pray in Jesus' name for, yes. for what's going on? That's what we're doing. Yeah. We stand strong. We're not, we're not going to be moved. That's right. God is our refuge and strength. Amen. That's right. Amen. Uh, go Trump. Yeah, go Trump. Yeah. 
Go Trump, by the way. Go, yeah, go to Trump. Oh, I, I bought his knife also. Um, it's a cult, right? I mean, what what can I tell you? What can I tell you? Here's a guy who says he'd vote for Trump even if Trump were in prison. Hey, I'm great tonight. I know. You know, some people say it's Trump-tastic. Are you Trump-tastic? I am Trump-tastic. Are you Trump-alicious? Are you totally Trumpified? Hell. I tell you what, the next president of the United States. And your hat says, I stand with Trump. You bet I do. I'd vote for that guy if he's in prison. I so would I. Where, where he's at, I'll vote for that guy. You and me both. So we there's there you go. Some really, truly heroic moments at this rally. Here's a woman who was drinking alcohol during the interview. You know, it, it seems inappropriate to comment on states of inebriation, believed or perceived or whatever. So I'm not going to do that. All I'm going to say is this is a woman who appears to be drinking alcohol during the interview. Oh, and Annie Trump. Are you a uh, are you a, a Trump? Oh, uh, well, I want to be. Yeah, well, you know, like Donald, I think we could all be here. cousins somewhere down the line. Right. All right. Are we on RSBN? Yeah, we're live right now. Noise. I want to farm all a John Deere, a case, um, more oil, oil, oil. Drill, baby, drill. Yes, thank you. She's excited. To there you go. Oil, oil, oil. That, so what she meant was she wants oil. That's what she was asking for. Here's a guy at the rally who wants a Christian theocracy. We need Trump because we need Christ. That's the bottom line. He also is wearing a cross necklace and a shirt with crosses on it. So you know that this is a Christ like individual. We don't need politicians to run this country because all they are are for themselves. They're not for the people. Right. Um, President Trump, he doesn't he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the glory. He doesn't need to be doing this. He's doing it because he loves our country, he loves our people, and uh, he can't stand to see where everybody is. And his his plan is awesome. Everybody just needs to get on board. The way, I guess, the woke is, the progressive left. Um, yeah, this this country is built on Christ, and we need to get back to that. In God we trust. In God we trust, and as soon as we get back to that, I guarantee you, God will take care of us and we'll take care of everything else that's going on. We just need to believe in a lot of people that that's basically what we that's what's, that's what get me through it. That's what getting our family through it is our is our trust in God. We don't there need you go. If it weren't for his trust in God, he might be upset that Trump uh, is facing four criminal indictments. It is frankly, really sad that people are this deluded. And that's how it is with cults. And it's super simple. Cult followers often become deluded. They become completely unable to have a separate thought from their leader because they're isolated from outside perspectives. Now, these folks aren't literally isolated physically, um, but they're isolated ideologically in their social media circles, in their communities, et cetera. Isolation from outside perspectives and having those out other perspectives demonized preemptively by the cult leader, the fake news media, the Democrats, the Marxists, the communists, the anarchists, they're all going to lie to you. Charismatic leadership that exploits the emotional vulnerabilities. I'm not going to insult this guy, but if you believe the stuff this guy believes about the way the world works, you are emotionally vulnerable. It's just it's just the reality. We don't have to go in and become ad hominem, but that this is clearly a vulnerable individual. Repetitive indoctrination, which just replaces and supplants critical thinking hearing the same messages over and over again. Trump's been giving the same speech for two, three years now. And then, of course, group pressure that discourages dissent. And for a guy like this, it could be in his church, 
the people he's friends with on Facebook, the people surrounding him at the rally itself. This is how cult members become deluded. And lastly, here is a guy saying, why do you want Trump back as president? And he says, well, because of everything that's going on, you know, Biden and Hunter and we just need him back. It's about uh, Trump winning in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> I believe he did. Yeah, I do. And some of your thoughts right now um, with the country. Yeah, we need Trump back. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Why, why do we need President Trump back in the White House? Whoa, that's a follow up. Why? Just because of everything that's going on, you know, the the Biden, you know, and Hunter and, you know, all that corruption. Yeah. I mean, it's there. Yep. We need Trump back death desperately because of the Biden and Hunter. And the corruption, a beautiful final point reminding us that these people vote. One of the things about this country is you don't have to have a good reason for voting for whoever you want to vote for. You're allowed to vote. And so we'd better damn well vote. All of these clips will be on our Instagram, our TikTok. Snapchat. Make sure you're following us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. After this short break, our correspondent Luke Beasley on the ground for this rally. It got ugly. It got dangerous. It got scary. Stay with us. When it comes to taking care of my skin and hair, I never really knew how to have a daily routine. I definitely don't buy into the bogus miracle creams and stuff that's out there. That's where our partner geology changed the game for me. Geology is a 23 time award winning skin, hair and body care company that just gives you simple, effective skin care and hair care routines customized to you with the basic ingredients that dermatologists recommend because they're the few ingredients that actually work from their affordable skin revitalizing serum with vitamin C and E and ferulic acid their awesome line of deodorant, body wash and shampoo for a healthy scalp, which I've been loving. Geology has you covered. Geology has been featured in places like Men's Health and Esquire. You can read the glowing reviews online. And right now, for a limited time, Geology is hooking you up with an amazing offer. You'll get 70 percent off their award winning skincare trial set, plus 30 percent off any add on products of your choice. Go to davidpackmancom slash skin and use code Pacman 70 at checkout. That's coupon code Pacman 70 to get 70 percent off the skincare trial set and 30 percent off any add on products. The info is in the podcast notes. Anxiety and depression are mental health challenges that affect millions of Americans. Thirty two percent of American adults have reported symptoms of anxiety or depression, but finding the right treatment can be tough. You might have tried things already, might have not been enough, might have not been the right fit. Maybe medications you tried had side effects you didn't like. There is an alternative treatment for anxiety and depression that's shown promising results for many, and that's ketamine therapy. Our sponsor, Mindbloom, is a leading provider of at home ketamine therapy. They have a team of licensed doctors and therapists who guide you through the process. Ketamine therapy is based on scientific research that shows it's generally safe and well tolerated without many of the side effects of some other traditional medications. Eighty nine percent of mind bloom patients report improvements in anxiety or depression after just two sessions. And mind bloom has a special offer for my audience. You can get one hundred dollars off your first six session program by going to mindbloom.com slash Pacman and using the code Pacman. That's M I N D B L O O M dot com slash Pacman. 
Use code Pacman for $100 off. The info is in the podcast notes. We were on the ground for Trump's rally speech in South Dakota, where one MAGA said that Joe Biden should be killed for treason. These people vote. We are going to review all of it. Our correspondent, of course, Luke Beasley on the ground there. You can find Luke's YouTube channel doing a hell of a job at davidpackmancom slash Luke. Here is a man who straight up says Biden committed treason and should be killed. They're briefly interrupted by an argument in the background. It was just like a total circus atmosphere. Uh, let's just jump right into what is extraordinarily disturbing content. Tell me three democratic policies that you support. Inflation Reduction Act, American Rescue Plan, the Infrastructure Law, the PACT Act, the oh Chips and Science Act. I think it's good that Biden pulled out of Afghanistan. I can go on. Wow. The guy is disgusted that Luke is naming policies, I guess. Okay, would you like to talk about the pullout of Afghanistan? Why did you feel bothered that I just listed policies I think are good? Because... I think it's great that he lowers prescription drug costs. You don't know enough about those policies. So one of them in the Inflation Reduction Act is capping the cost of insulin for Medicare recipients at $35 out of pocket per month. And I think that's really good. I don't think seniors should be having themselves price gouged. And then also now Medicare can, can negotiate drug prices. They rolled out the first uh, 10 medications they're going to negotiate. this man. He <laughs> so uh, now Medicare will negotiate drug prices. I think that's really good because of Joe Biden and Democrats. I think Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. I think the election was stolen and I think he's going to be killed for his treason. That escalates very quickly. The guy says to Luke, all right, well, if Biden's so good, can you name a single policy you like? Yeah, here's five. Forget about policy. He should be killed. They continue talking and um, the guy explains, you know, all about Biden's treason for which he should be killed. Election was stolen. I'm assuming that's part of the treason. Well, that is treason. Election interference is treason. Right. So you agree, though, yeah. right. in no official capacity has that been proven. You can't prove a negative. <laughs> So he drops in, you know, you're an S head to Luke. Of course, this completely ignores burden of proof. If one believes that the election was stolen, then they presumably believe it because of some evidence which they should be able to present. And if they believe it just because they feel it was stolen but have no evidence, then that is not really something the legal system can work with. You cannot <laughs> prove something that no, I'm can't saying say it's been proven that it did not happen. I'm saying that if there indeed was this widespread voter fraud that stole the election from Trump, we have a legal process where you can bring that That's into court. Right. And, Mike and even Trump, to do that, even and Trump, even Trump appointed judges said, Matt, nothing here. We'll see. That's what happened 60 plus times. We'll see. What does that mean? We'll see if it's adjudicated. I mean, afterwards, they might want to go back. And no, but I'm saying what it's been adjudicated, but they just might go back and re-adjudicate all those cases. Why? I don't know. They just might. Now, three years away from the election. No, you think it would have happened by now, right? You think they think something would have been done about this? Maybe. Maybe. He's arguing that everything's a OK, nothing to see here. All right. Some other guy then jumps in oh, and things are going haywire. So so this is really tough to deal with these folks. Uh, Luke next spoke to a guy wearing a T-shirt that has Trump's mugshot on it that says never surrender. Luke points out Trump did surrender. He, he literally surrendered. At Fulton County Jail, and uh, this one's really a doozy. 
You want to explain the shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, well, you know, never surrender. That's what, that's what Trump is saying he's not going to do. I mean, he's, he's being, uh, he's been indicted for crimes that he didn't commit. Mm-hmm. I have to point out, he did surrender technically at the Fulton County Jail, right? He, he did abide by the law as required by the law. Yeah, I, mean, he, I think he's setting a good example for our country by doing he will never surrender other than when he was right to surrender. Uh, you know, he, but then abiding by the law as being interpreted by the prosecutors would mean not doing what he did that they're prosecuting him for. Right. Could, could you repeat that? There was noise behind. It. I also agree that individuals should abide by the law and prosecutors are alleging that he broke the law in his actions in relation to trying to overthrow the election and classify documents and some other things. Yeah, I mean, I think the charges against him are laughable and ridiculous. I just this esteemed legal expert does not buy these charges. He's putting us on notice. Good for him. It it why would they have brought these charges against him right in the middle of a campaign? It's election interference. If if it was actually anything that had to do with reality, they would have done it long ago. It takes a while to do an investigation, right? Well, really? I mean, so this gets back to no matter when they would have brought the charges, these folks would have complained. And it's, it's sort of by design. I mean, Trump announcing so early that he's running for reelection to create a situation where any charges that are brought are brought in as Trump is a candidate. And if we said, OK, let's wait and let the 2024 election happen, Trump wins and becomes president. Oh, well, now he's president. Now you definitely can't bring the charges. But even if Trump loses in 2024, listen, he's now just an old man who is out of politics. Why go after him now? That would also be wrong. No matter when the charges would be brought, they would say this. And most importantly, there is not actually any evidence that the timing was calculated beyond simply how much time do we need to do these investigations and investigations of different durations being completed at different points in time. There may be future indictments. There could be another federal indictment. There could be one out of Arizona. There's discussions of Michigan. We don't know. There there is no evidence at this time that anyone has presented of Joe Biden's involvement, nor of the idea that it was timed specifically to hurt Donald Trump. We go to the next guy. Here's a guy who is asked about impeachment. He's just clueless. There's really no other way to say it. He just doesn't know what's going on, but he's very certain that he is right. What evidence do you have to bolster the idea that this isn't just a fair prosecution based on violations of the law? They have no evidence to support it. The indictments lay out trying to impeach him so many times and he doesn't get impeached. Well, he got impeached, but this is not impeachment. This is prosecution. What? Huh? This is unrelated to impeachment. This is a prosecution. <laughs> they, 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 it's because they don't want him to win. They know he's going to win again. Right. But in, for example, the classified documents indictment, it lays out violations of the law as being alleged in the indictment. Uh-huh. And so you're saying those don't exist or they don't actually violate the law or what's going on there? I don't think they exist. So like the audio tape of Trump saying that he has a classified document and it's I could have declassified it, but I can't anymore because well, I'm no longer president. Biden's Biden's son's been doing with Ukraine. Well, there hasn't been evidence. This is what about ism now. What, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no defense to it. Here's something different to prove that something illegal went on in between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden hasn't because that's Biden. But Hunter Biden did something illegal with the gun. He's being prosecuted for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. 
doesn't know what's going on, but they vote. Here's conspiracy guy who says Alex Jones told him in the 90s that in 2014, Obama would send the virus somewhere to generate lockdowns in 2020. It's very difficult to follow. Alex Jones warned me on video of uh, the virus they were going to use to destroy the country in the late 90s. So he gave me a lot of time to prepare for all you guys. They were going to me and create the vaccine. I was concocting the vaccine in the 90s. I was born. No, but I mean, you're you're all about whatever whatever you're about. So, who <laughs> created the vi- uh, the virus? Uh, I hope you're sitting down for this. 2014, they shipped it over there. I guess UNC, uh, Fauci handed it. The NIH, the CDC, FDA. So Fauci wanted to start COVID because Obama moved the vaccine over. Obama wanted to start COVID. 20, yeah, well, he was the president in 2014, right? Okay, and what would be the end goal there? Oh, to lock down the country. Don't you understand? Fauci planned the virus in the 90s. Obama shipped it to China, I guess, in 2014 in order to lock down the country, except the lockdowns to the extent that they happened took place under Trump's watch. Trump actually, quote, locked down the country. This is some very, very wild stuff. And what's important to remember is we're, you know, we're not ridiculing when we say these people vote. If we don't vote, we cede the power to determine who represents us, president, Senate, House of Representatives, mayors, governors, city council. These folks decide. And it's not about making fun of this guy, although there's a lot of material there. It's about if we don't vote, they decide. And that's crazy. Here's more from the same guy. I think it's important not to intertwine a bunch of conspiracy theories about what the machines are doing. No, no, I'm saying we can have a conversation about do we want machines or do we not? But that should be connected to a bunch of defamation against companies like Dominion. Defamation? Oh, yeah, I'm going to sue them. I'm going to sue them for destroying my election. Okay. And why do you think Fox News, which could have been a defense for the defamation lawsuit? Oh, fixed news. So, by the way, he's now against Fox. Now Fox News is fixed news. said Fox News. Fixed news. Yeah. What about him? Why wouldn't they have just gone into court and proved that the machines were stealing the election oh, from Trump? It was a payoff to Dominion for $700 million. Yeah. Be- no, no, because they settled. <laughs> so think, think about what's, what Luke is pointing out something very important, which is there's a defense to defamation, which is showing the truth of the things you said. The reason that Fox News was sued and ultimately settled for seven hundred eighty seven and a half billion was that they did not apparently feel they had at their disposal as a defense to the defamation claim from Dominion that Dominion voting machines really did the things that were um, alleged on air. If Fox News had proof of that, they could have made that case. So Luke says they could have avoided that huge payout, nearly 800 million, just by proving the voting machines really did the thing that, that, that you're saying. And the guy says, well, no, that's because it was a payoff to Dominion. Well, but they wouldn't have needed to do the payoff if they demonstrated that the thing really just over over the guy's head. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm saying that Martha McCallum and them ran ran cover. And then they they said Trump or Trump lost. 
And it was a payoff. It was a backdoor payoff. So, so here's what happened. On election night, they ran cover for the election being stolen. Then after election night, they pushed conspiracy theories about the election being stolen. The opposite of what they did on election night. And then after that, they flipped around and admitted they were lying to protect themselves legally, and they had to uh, settle with Dominion. I don't know what Fox News did. <laughs> oh, that's genius. At the end of it all, when it, when it all falls apart, he's like, hey, listen, I don't know what the hell they did. It's, it's, uh, it's anyone's guess what they did. Um, here's the last guy. This guy tries to pull out some election fraud nonsense on Luke. Luke's ready for it. Doesn't go well. For example, Trump's attempts to overturn the election. Wrong. So to protest against that, I would say would be correct, right? Well, you're saying that he over tried to overturn an election. What election are you trying to say you overturned? 2020? Yeah. So you haven't heard anything about election fraud this happening at all? Well, I, I look so you, to are you, are you all the recounts, Georgia? investigations, audits, and court cases. In, have you watched the Georgia? The Georgia election, did you see where they pulled the ballots out from under the cabinet? And they realized they that was scanned, debunked. They scanned them and scanned them and rescanned them and rescanned them. You know that lady got arrested, right? Don't you think of that actually you know she got arrested? I know a lot of people are suing for defamation because but of lies about people like that. No. Yeah, she definitely Who? got arrested. Ruby Freeman? Ru Ruby, yeah, she definitely got it arrested. It turned out that even Giuliani acknowledged she was lying. True. He lost a defamation case, and in that case, he had to concede that he was not correct about those uh, statements about Ruby Freeman. Oh, no, no, she's definitely been arrested. She hasn't. I and it is true. It is absolutely true what Luke Beasley is saying. He even had the proof up on the screen during this. So what are the takeaways here? The takeaways here are numerous, but the most important actionable one you know, I get that these videos are a combination of sort of entertaining disaster porn, but also potentially the last gasps of American democracy, as these are the people who are glad to look the other way or even participate when it comes to saying, hey, you know what? The guy who lost should become president, which is one of the most dangerous things that you can do to a democracy. So the most important practical takeaway is we all need to vote. Because when we don't vote, these are the people who decide. But that, of course, isn't enough. And we need to fix critical thinking. Even though these people might not want everybody to have health care, we still have to work to get everybody health care. Even though these folks don't want to fix education, we still have to work to fix education and do something about the climate. So the takeaway is we don't want this to be the group of folks that guides the country and influences policy and decides who represents us. So as demoralizing as it can be to see this, it should actually be a reminder to get engaged. And on that note, make sure you're following Luke davidpackmancom slash Luke. We are ramping up an election season here, maybe the most important one I will have ever covered. Make sure you are subscribed to this YouTube channel. Three and a half million of you in the last month watched my clips, but are not subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. Let's get to two million. Let's do this thing. We've got to continue building independent media because what we're doing quite literally is fighting against these folks being the ones who decide we can't have that. And every time you subscribe to this channel, to Luke's channel, to other progressive channels, you're taking a half step in that direction. Quick break. So much more right after this. I love my Helix sleep mattress. I've been sleeping on Helix mattresses for years now, which is why I asked them to be a sponsor. You actually take their famous sleep quiz, takes just a few minutes to answer questions about your sleep preferences, body type, sleep position, whether you have back pain and Helix will match you with a mattress that's perfect for you, which is really unique and helpful because a lot of people don't know where to start when buying a mattress. I certainly didn't. 
their newest collection of mattresses called Helix Elite come with a built in Glaciotex layer to keep you cool at night, an extra layer of foam for pressure relief and thousands of extra micro coils for best in class support and durability. All of their mattresses ship right to your door totally free. They come with a 10 or 15 year warranty and you get 100 nights to decide if you like it. My audience also gets a whopping 20 percent off all orders plus two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman and enter code helixpartner20 at checkout. That's helixsleep.com slash Pacman. Then use code helixpartner20 to get 20 percent off and two free pillows. The info is in the podcast notes. My pillow CEO and founder Mike Lindell melting down in a bonkers deposition. This is recently released video from an a, a, a April, no, March deposition of pillow. He has been a guest on this program twice. Quite frankly, I find him to be a sad character. I think he's actually lost his marbles and really believes all of this election fraud stuff that he's been pushing. In any case, Mike Lindell got really mad when the lawyer deposing him in this deposition mentions the customer support line and the process where you can say, hey, I want to talk to Mike. I need Mike's help and mentioned pillows being lumpy and Mike pillow. They don't call him pillow for nothing. He takes his pillows very seriously. Listen to this. Okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. No, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay, when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an ass. You got that? You're an ass. Mike is, is what you are. Mike no, Frank. he's an ass. No, he's an ambulance chasing ass. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows. Kiss my ass. Put <laughs> that in your book. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go. Or they call about um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of a. Uh, um, the FedEx or whatever, but we'll cover them, even though it could be somebody else's fault. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. Right. But good, good one though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. What I'm saying. Obviously, is... you don't have a my pillow too. You don't, do you? <laughs> what I'm saying is, Mr. I Mark... think he's got the lawyer there. It certainly doesn't sound like the lawyer has a my pillow. So listen. The, the company really is failing. And Mike Pillow has talked about how he's invested 35, 40 million invested, wasted 35, 40 million of his own money pushing these election fraud conspiracies. He's completely debased himself with more than half the country, probably three quarters of the country. His company is at risk of going bankrupt. They had a fire sale on a bunch of their equipment, their sprinter vans and a whole bunch of other stuff recently. So I actually do feel bad for the employees to the extent that you know, they're just trying to make a living, you know, put food on their family the way George W. Bush once famously said, um, I feel bad for them. And uh, Mike Pillow appeared with Steve Bannon recently to say he's going to try to turn the entire thing around. His employees are worried and the whole thing. But he has a new type of pillow now, body pillows, which might save the company, I guess. Companies being shut down. You know, you're going bankrupt. Uh, this this thing's all spun out of control. Where are the heads right now? The employees. How are they taking this? Yeah. Well, they're they're very they're very encouraged because, like I say, we just expanded. These guys are manufacturers. They make pillows. They make beds. They make uh, bed toppers, and and they're all very encouraged now that we've expanded that My Pillow 2.0 line to include body pillows, the go anywhere pillows, 
And so, you know, with anything, anything they read in the media, this gives them confidence that, hey, their jobs are going to be there. They've been there. Some of them have been with me, Steve, 20 years. Um, when you get a, a job at my pillow, it's a career, and I do everything I can to protect them. And if I have to keep uh, just keep passing the savings on, um, you know, we don't have the middleman, so I guess we got to take advantage of that. And and uh, and by everyone out there, if you're helping out these great employees, and you're helping out my pillow, and anything that comes through to me, you know what I'm doing with it. I'm helping to secure our election platforms. Right. So basically, it sounds like he's saying. First, the employees will get their salaries, but then anything pillow gets goes to his election fraud stuff and the body pillows imminently will be saving the company. I'm going to be very honest with everybody. I see pillow as a sad, a sad guy. And we know about his history of, of drug addiction. And I'm not saying that that's what's going on now, but he just seems misguided. He does seem to believe this stuff. We've had him on the show twice. I talked to him before and after the appearances. He really strikes me as genuine in all of this stuff that he says. And it's just sad because he's ruined his relationships with his family. From what we know, he's ruining his companies, potentially going to put uh, however many 700 or 1500 people that work for him out of jobs. I see it as all very sad. And also, if he got his way, he would completely corrode democracy in America. So we don't want him to get his way. But something my empathy gene is somehow kicking on when I see what I consider to be very sad interviews. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Donald Trump got a very special, brutal welcome to sports. He tried going to a football game in Iowa, Iowa versus Iowa State. This is college football. And he was brutally, brutally booed. There are cheers as well. I won't lie, but there are a lot of boos there. Listen to this. There you go. Uh, one other clip here. So listen, I won't be the one that says there are no cheers there. There are obviously some cheers there, but there are a lot of boos. You can also see people flipping off Trump. At one point, Trump was behind glass and uh, there are a bunch of middle fingers there being pointed in the direction of Trump. Um, at another moment, there was a particular woman with a double middle finger in the direction of Trump, which is really, really a lot. Um, and as a general thing, you know, oftentimes people just don't like politicians at their sporting events. So I, I would be lying if I said this was unique to Trump or unique to Iowa or unique to Republicans or unique to college football or whatever. It is very common that when elected officials go to sporting events, they get at least booed to some degree. There are some exceptions. Trump going to UFC events. They seem to love Trump at UFC. Um, when George W. Bush after 9-11 threw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium, uniformly cheered from what I recall. You can find that video on YouTube. So some exceptions, but it's very common that politicians get booed at sporting events. DeSantis also experiencing some middle fingers when he tried to participate in sports ball watching and relate to the normal people as robotic as he is. So this is funny. There is a bigger story here, which is Iowa, a red state, a state Trump easily won um, in 2020. 
might Democrats do better in states like Iowa in 2024 than they have historically done? We just don't know. We don't have polling on this yet. We have primary polling out of Iowa. Trump versus DeSantis. Trump is plus 37 in uh, Iowa right now over DeSantis. I don't have anything new. There's some polling Biden versus Trump. I think it's months and months old out of Iowa. It's not worth very much right now. We are going to have to wait and see. But one of the most interesting stories, assuming that we avoid the threat of an anti-democratic explosion, the likes of which we may never have seen before if Trump wins, it will be an interesting curiosity to see. Uh, do Democrats perform better in some historically red states, Iowa being one of those? Trump should probably avoid going to uh, sporting events for the foreseeable future. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a request that I weigh in on that new viral country music sensation. Take a listen to this. Hi, Dave. I need your opinion on the song Rich Men North of Richmond. Mm. That bearded hillbilly guy, I'm sure a sweet man, wrote this song about the rich people <laughs> north of Richmond, like the DC guys that make right. all the laws, and we have the poor people that are south of Richmond, right? Anyway, this guy won't do any interviews anywhere. He says it's, it's about all the rich people, politicians, Democrats, and Republicans, okay? Supposed to be for all the people. Yet the only interview he does is on the Joe Rogan show. Did you hear that one? This dude is no liberal and he is not fighting for black people and he's not fighting for poor people that are north of Richmond. Okay? He's just fighting for the poor people south of Richmond. Uh oh, I gave you my opinion. I wanted to hear your opinion on this guy. Sorry, Shalom. All right. So listen, I'm gonna be very honest. Uh Richmond North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. Uh, I think it's a terrible song. I really do. Now, I'm going to be very upfront with everybody. I think most country music is terrible. And as many in the audience might 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 think, I don't know that going to Jewish people for opinions about country music is the right way to go. I mean, and I'm not kidding. It's sort of a joke, but it's also not like if you look at the cultural background and history of uh, of Jews, particularly, you know, from Eastern Europe, and you look at the kind of roots of country music and uh, the heavy Christian influence on country music and all these different things, the, the, the themes, the I just don't know that Jewish folks are like the big audience for country music. I don't want to generalize, but certainly for me uh, growing up, that that's a thing. I think the song is absolutely terrible and I don't really have much more to say about it. I don't like it. I, I saw a little bit of that interview that Oliver Anthony did with Joe Rogan. I found it extraordinarily milk toast in the worst way. Uh, and that's where I'm at. It's my opinion. OK, if you I gave my opinion and they attacked me, I did everything right and they indicted me. Right. We've got a great bonus show for you today. A judge has re rejected Mark Meadows effort to move the Georgia racketeering case to federal court. Judge says no, it's going to remain a state case. Bad news for Mark Meadows. Number two explosive allegations against Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. And I care about this because it's a labor story to me. I don't watch any of these shows, but there is an interesting labor story there, which we will talk about on the bonus show. And thirdly, the new covid boosters are rolling out in the UK, expected in the US very soon. The new variant is here. People are panicking. Other people are not panicking. What's going on? What's the latest information? What about the rise of RSV and flu. We're going to talk about all of it and I will finally address. Am I getting my flu shot? Am I getting my booster? 
Am I getting an RSV vaccine? I'm not. I think it's just for like super little kids and 65 plus. So I'm not, I'm not getting RSV vaccine. Don't even know that it's available to me. All of those stories and more on the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. But everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. We're here all week. Sign up at joinpacman.com. What a great day to be back in the studio.